Welcome to Writer Syndrome, a podcast about writing from start to finish. This episode's topic, story versus plot. Yeah, I'm Russ Capasso, and joining me as always is Tim Letney. Tim, how are you? And my curveball question, because I always start with one. In your <laughs> literary, your college days of studying literary arts. <laughs> sure. Yep, that's did accurate. You, did, you, uh, did you ever read poetics, Aristotle's poetics? No, I didn't. Really? I didn't. No. Nope. Ah. Okay. So um, my wife, I'm sure, did because she was in, into the classics, right? Yeah. But no, I did not read Poetics. Is that where his um, story structure thing comes in? Yeah, yeah. I, I hear I, Aristotle I, was like really influenced by Dan Harmon's story circle. He was influenced. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah. Uh, actually, for Aristotle, it's plot. It's his plot pyramid, right? Yeah. Well, he doesn't have a pyramid. He just has... He just that's he basically. He basically just was like, here are some of the basics of structure for poetry and storytelling. And he was a uh, beginning, middle, end guy. So he basically was the, the the act one, two, three, if you want to call it that then, right? Right. I know, I know who you were thinking of. Freytag. Yes, you're thinking of that. Did the I German. pronounce that right? Yeah, Freytag. Gustav Freytag. <laughs> he was the no- German novelist, right, that expanded on it. You're probably reading the same article I am on Masterclass, aren't you? <laughs> that is the one that I read this morning. <laughs> his breakdown of, or his additions to plot, right? Rising, falling action kind of is the basis for Save the Cat and all the other plottable beats and whatnot, right? Yeah. Uh, so like his structure was uh, including exposition, the beginning, rising action, climax, middle, falling action, and resolution end. So there are a million other takes on this and additions to it. Dan Harmon's circle of life or whatever it is, which I've also read, which is basically another take on Hero's Journeys like arc, but he adds in some more details for like writing TV. Is there a delineation between, I mean, if Aristotle and Freytag is yeah. around plot, mm-hmm. at least it's named like the plot triangle or the plot pyramid. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Isn't Harmon's, I mean, not to not to <laughs> compare Dan Harmon. I love Dan Harmon, but <laughs> I don't know if he's been mentioned in the same breath as Aristotle. I don't re- think so. Recently. <laughs> You heard it here first. But probably more influential to young screenwriters right now. Um, yeah, maybe. But isn't yeah. his a story a story circle as opposed to a plot circle? Well, so I think it's like a... Com- so his, I think, does like combines it kind of like Save the Cat does, right? Like Save the Cat mm-hmm. kind of looks for... It kind of... Here are the beats and you hit for your for your plot, but also... Here are the here are the key moments for to tell your story for your character to change, right? So I think, I think it's I think it's similar like, to that. I mean, it's similar. This heroes. is the crux of the whole episode here. Like, yeah. what's a story and what's a plot? How are they different? How are they interrelated? Right? Because yeah. really, like, I think you can have a story with no plot. <laughs> it wouldn't be good, but you can't have a plot without a story. Plot is the is the external things that are happening, right? That's your what if situation where a story is is focused more on your character's arc and what their changes while they're interacting with that plot. To okay. keep, it as, keep it as simple as possible, right? The plot would be the terrorist taking over Nakatomi Plaza, right? But the story is uh, the cop, uh, you know, making up with his estranged wife. Story is the people. Yep. And the plot is the, events. the how, the, the why the people are doing it and the how they're feeling yep. about it. Yeah, the coincidence that is happening to allow people to change throughout those those moments, right? So, I mean, story is the umbrella. Plot falls underneath it. It's an it's one aspect of story. Yeah, I mean, I think they work in kind of together, kind of in parallel. I'll put it in I terms think. I can understand. Yeah, yeah. The story is the cemetery. Okay. The plot <laughs> is where people is are. It's a plot. <laughs> 
I I'm not sure if that analogy is. I think <laughs> I think you just want to use a cemetery analogy. Yeah, that's want to use a cemetery analogy. But okay, so stories about the people. Yeah, the, the your protagonist in particular, right? It's a bit about okay. them and their change. Right? You're looking for that 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 core flaw that they're going to realize at the end. Like that's the story. The story is like the meat of the of the story of you know of what you're trying to tell, right? Where the and plot, the plot is, is the Events, cascading events the, those are the events that are just happening that this the character is like dr- is driving through to recognize their change right those are the but those presumably are the- you'd want your story and your plot to be related enough that it's just not a randomly occurring string of events exactly which is why i feel like story i mean plot is so reliant on story because if you just have plotting without the character's having a yeah. stake in it or any agency in there. Yeah. And that's honestly, if I'm going to like turn the lens on myself, mm-hmm. I think sometimes I'm forcing my characters through a, a plot. It's actually one of my questions for you for your own story. Cause I wanted to get into like our own, but I, I, I agree. Cause I did the same thing where I was just, I had a plot. I had these events that, that have happened. And then I was just kind of forcing characters into these moments and it didn't feel, didn't, it didn't feel like it had the glue to like make them feel connected where it's just mm-hmm. like, Oh, these things are just happening. Like you can have just a, 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 you know, you can tell a story that's just got a plot to it, right? Like, I mean, you can have the James Bond stories. You can have sure, the, I was know, the Jack Reachers, like, that, like yep. stuff like that, which we've referenced before. Cause like, those are just like, Hey, here's a cool plot. Things are taken over. You get some action, blah, blah, blah. There's no character change. Just, he's the same guy at the end. He's gonna be the same guy in the next book. That's just completely fine. Right. And those plot points are not reflective on the character and that character's journey. Right. It's right. not, right. you could, no offense to Jack Reacher, no, but you know fun. you could rename that, you know, John Preacher, and you know, same or, character, or John Wick, Wick. or oh, <laughs> <laughs> I think John Wick, the first one, yes, the rest of them, no. Oh yeah, <laughs> you think so? Okay, <laughs> I need to rewatch. I've, I've thought about this many times. I've actually I've gotten to a point with the John Wick movies. I'm like, I, what is I'm what, what is uh, this is too much. I can't handle it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you'd yeah. say too much plotting where it's not connected enough to that main character's story. Yeah, where not something anymore. like The Matrix, all four of them for better and worse. Mm. They're all related to those characters. Like you can't yes. supplant new characters into that journey whether you like where they go or not it's a character arc and a character journey that is not yes transferable to another b character easily yeah agreed yeah yeah yep okay exactly so we got that out of the way huh so we know did we solve it i think we did i think that's it let's wrap it up 10 minute episode what are you watching what are you reading (laughs) (laughs) but so yeah i mean i don't know that that's that's the basics from from what i understand from the separates from separations from the plot and the story so so there's a, uh, an article we'll, we'll include in our, the episode notes here. Uh, it's from janefriedman.com, uh, a guest post from Heather Davis. And she gets into uh, story versus plot. And this is actually kind of what kicked off this, this topic was I had read this. And I was like, oh, this is, this is kind of interesting to think about and things I've thought about in my own uh, story. Uh, and she's got some, uh, I think, some good, val- some valid points in there for you know, ways, if you've got a plot, right? The what if thing, what if the terrorists take over and they're robbing the building, whatever, you know, stuff like that. What if aliens, you know, are in a, in a terraforming colony, right? So you've got your plot and then how do you, she's got some good points for how do you infuse that plot with some, some story. So like with your, with your characters, which would, as the reader, get you involved into, into wanting to continue to read and work your way through this plot. So it's not just a set of events that are just happening for the sake of happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so some of the things that are interesting in here. She has obviously, you know, design a clear character arc for your, you know, for your protagonist, which that seems to be kind of 
an obvious one. We've talked about that quite a bit. We're, I think we're both strong proponents of of that. And previous episodes, we've talked about creating that er- that arc, their motivations and their goals, and having them have a flaw that they're um, going to traverse through as they go through the plot, right? And she also touched on like you know creating a compelling backstory for your character, which are other things that you can tie into the plot, making that arc kind of clear from the beginning of the novel, so we know that like that's actually the journey that we as a reader are going to go on, not just that we're going to save the world. Um, which I think is kind of interesting and something I was missing from my story in v- very early drafts. And then in subsequent like drafts, I realized I needed to kind of put that up front, which I did. And like, I think the, the first the first chapter is more of like kicking things off. And the second one I get into where my character is going to you know start and where they're going to uh, what they need to change. So and I thought the next couple of things points she had brought up were interesting. And I'm curious to see what your take is on this for your own work. She talks about testing each plot point or event that happens in the story and and making sure it relates back to the story you're actually trying to tell mm-hmm. kind of in uh, conjunction with that one of the points is to to prune away the plot points that don't relate back to the story writing yours did you come across those moments i know you're uh, like where you were like you know what this doesn't make any sense or, or connect to the story or what i'm trying like what my characters are going through should i just cut this thing out there's some moments i found that in edit like i i gave the example right where um i had the characters like return to like a, a known place but my pov was wrong you know my pov was at a b mm-hmm. character as opposed to my a character in that moment and um it was much more meaningful and dramatic to have that a character pov so i rewrote the whole thing and i think in in that instance i fixed that plot point to reflect back on the story um and back on back on that main character i think i especially in my act three i have some kitchen sink stuff yeah that's just like it's too much there's too many little pieces of plot and cascading events that need to be trimmed because it's like your head's on a swivel right and i don't think that um they all relate back to the story of the main character so i mean it's nice because you can refine and you can hone and through the creation process i think i tend to have too many ideas and too many instances and too many scenes yep and um so to answer your question it's been a mixture you know i think there's some for me that really reflect back especially early on like act one act two i felt pretty comfortable about the events about the themes about yeah. it, like reflecting back on my mains pretty well but once i hit act three and tying it up um minus the, like the conclusion which i think reflects back perfectly on character on theme on story mm. but getting there you know like that when i'm at like my 70 80 yep. percent it's like a little it's too much so yeah. there's plot points that just need to be completely erased because they don't help the story along they don't they don't add anything it's just bombast for bombast's sake or it's just commentary without stakes or or meaning so how about you like did you come across similar issues yeah there definitely there was definitely scenes i had to i had to chop that i just this this didn't make sense or i had to like sounds like kind of like what you did there in some instances was was completely rewrite or change a scene if there was something important I was trying to get across, but the it it didn't flow correctly, I either chopped it or or you know had just rewrote it. Um, and there was a couple where I had these moments of yeah, there's like a really important little event in here, but it's there's nothing there's nothing tying back to the story at all. Uh, mm-hmm. And 
Um, I, I know I've mentioned it a couple times. There's one particular scene where it's just character comes in and is like, I have some information and that's the scene, but I, like, I need this information, but there was nothing tied to the story there. And that's when I rewrote the entire thing. And, and I think accomplished two things with doing that one again, establishing, uh, my main character's friendship with his, you know, with his support character there and showing that, um, showing that, you know, his trust in that person, which is kind of like a running theme throughout the entire story and then tying it back to like my main characters like his heart of the story his story that he's going through like of uh, finding some closure with the passing of his father right which uh, it's not a spoiler but and then i was like oh this is a much much better scene for doing that so it is a plot point now that tie they there's a bit of information that is revealed to the reader uh and now they're you know for plot and then there is information of both these characters you know revealed to the reader so they can hopefully find a little more connection to them so it makes me think once again it's one of those hindsight 2020 things right like i know that you're a planner but i also know that though you planned your story you had to kind of iterate your main right yes. so yeah. you had plot points really before your story yes. your main character was fully defined so you can see how that would be like there's conflict there yep like between the in the writing process and i'll say for me i think i had my main defined i think i had the story but the plot pieces i was kind of finding along the way in the creation process yeah and in yeah. both instances i think a more complete view, like a little bit more planning and a little bit more like, at least for me, a little more testing of where the characters are going, yeah. what they're doing and how that reflects back on them would have helped. So right now I'm in this like information gathering phase and I'm like brainstorming new concepts for like the next piece. You know, I'm taking my notes here and there and I, I very much want to make um, smaller is probably the wrong word, but maybe a more refined arc. Like yep. I don't, I don't want there to be as much fat to cut. I don't yeah. want to have to test the weight of different scenes. I kind of want to have a nice thread, a nice little, you know, Aristotelian, you know, thread up and down. And, you know, this is how we get there Yeah, and know that completely in advance. And yeah, okay. If I go left or right, I'll, I'll let the characters do that. But I, I do think for the next work, limiting scope and knowing those plot points in advance, mm -hmm. It'll just make the process easier. And I've always written towards, like I said, those vignettes, mm -hmm. these little vignettes that I have in mind. But sometimes those vignettes are completely divorced from the main characters. And I, I'd say that's a complete and utter no-no. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to have to shape my characters into an image I imagined, like into a situation I concocted. Yeah, there's one instance in, in my book now where every beta reader was like, yeah, it's a cool scene, but why are the characters acting this way? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, because their motivations are torqued and it doesn't make any sense because I thought it looked cool. Well, that's the absolute wrong thing to do, <laughs> right? Like yeah. you're forcing your story into this like little plot structure that doesn't make any sense just because. Cemetery. Yeah, in the cemetery. It's <laughs> very so small like, box. Yeah. I should have planned a bit more getting my characters there. You know, I had a lot of belief like, oh, it'll just kind of work out and, and knowing well now that um, it does, but it's a lot more work in the end. You know, you really kind of need to retrofit. Yeah. It's not efficient to do that. Were there any standout moments where you could feel you needed to change any of this, the, the, the story to fit the plot or vice versa? Not with my main so much. Yeah. But with subsequent characters, I felt like in order to get a character to behave a certain way, yeah, I had to go back and change them. Yeah, which was contrary to how they were 
developing organically through the writing process. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know if that's right or wrong. I know I did it. <laughs> I know Same. I did it to kind of get there to make that plot make sense. Yeah. I think readers' mileage may vary. You know, I don't know. Yeah. One of those like new writer things. And I mean, I like I said before, I had I had a similar case where I changed some plot points very early on because they didn't make any sense and they were just there just to get the characters from point A to point B, but there was nothing attached to it. So I was like, yeah, let me cut this. But yeah, I think later on I found plot, which I had pretty well, those beats outlined, all the events that were going to happen, definitely changing uh, once I established the story, both of which I feel like I just want a beginning and I want to figure at the end and then I need to focus more on the actual story of my characters and like that'll yeah. help fill in the middle a little bit. Yeah, I know I've said it before, but it's worth repeating and expanding upon, right? So your character, and now I'll say characters, should be the only ones that can go through those plot points. And I'd say the story is not just a, or the plot, it's not just like a character transformation machine for the main, it needs to be for the bees. Like they also should be not faded, but their arcs should be custom fit in a way that those action moments or those cascading sets of events can only really happen to them. Mm. Um, I think it's more effective that way. There's more of a payoff for the reader. You know, mm. when certain when somebody gets like, say, like there's an antagonist and they get their comeuppance or, you know, there's like a very cocky character or something. And, you know, th th that fault ends up, you know, with some payoff for the reader. But I focus so much on the main, but it's I'd say almost equally as important for the bees. Like you need to make yeah. sure that it makes sense, like what's happening. And, and then, like I said, that's what I've, that's one of the issues I, I came across is that I had a lot of focus on my mains and I did not put that same importance on the bees, but their choices affect the main, right? So if that feels forced, it's going to bubble up to the main story. That's a great point. Um, and I'm now thinking back through my own experience of that, where I had, you know, four characters here. I've got my main and I've got, you know, his support who he doesn't really change so much. Uh, he doesn't need to, and that's okay. And it's set up that way. And then the other two, they are important to my main character and and the events of the plot and how they're going to unfold. And I needed them to have their own little arc because uh, kind of took on their own life in subsequent drafts, which is fine. I think it was great. But making sure that they had some, it, it didn't have to be some massive event, but showing even a subtle change in those characters, whether it be just a all of a sudden uh in my case, one character trusting another or, you know, taking a risk on on another character to help them with something. So I think towards the end, I kind of accomplished that. No spoilers because I didn't say the characters' names, but you still got to read for the journey. Do you feel there's any overpowering of like the plot versus story? And do you think overall, is that a good or a bad thing? I feel like my story, I, like AKA, like my characters loom larger than the plot. Yeah. Which is not great. You don't think but, I that's mean, great? In the same well, it, it's not good if it's, I mean, it, they need to be related, but I don't want it to feel faded or like, so, mm -hmm. you know how, like, I absolutely love Edgar Wright and I love his movies, but in a way, the scale of his movies and his characters are so refined and like perfect. It's like a perfect bow. Like mm -hmm. his plot reflects directly back on the story. Like it's almost a one-to-one. Mm-hmm which is really nice and, and beautiful, but it's also very kind of simple. And um, it's almost like an allegory or something. It's like a very clear message. You kind of know what's going to happen to the characters. Mm -hmm. 
I like the messiness of novels sometimes where like there's some unpredictability to it yeah, and like a little more nuance. So it's not like this solid thread from one end to the other. But I'll say that, and this is, I mean, this is my own critique of my own work. My story, aka like my characters are stronger than the plot they're going through. Mm -hmm. And that feels like it i mean i need to i need to strengthen the plot i think is what i need to do yeah obviously you don't want them completely overshadowing the plot because then what do you have right what no one cares about what they're going through then right i guess is that right but i think like your characters like i don't know i had i read a couple drafts ago like at least your main and you know buttons and and seven there i think they're like they're they're interesting characters and i'm like want to see what they're i want to read what's next like what they're going to go through but i think there's a disconnect for me right because the characters i think are strong but sometimes the choices they're making in service of the plot are weak because you don't have a strong enough plot do you think think. you think that's what it is I don't think there's like a disconnect thematically. I, I just think that, or maybe it's just, I really like my characters and I've thrown them into a creature feature. Yeah. And I'm Which, like, you deserve more than a creature feature. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I have failed you. I am sorry. I have failed you. You <laughs> I, deserve the great American novel. <laughs> you, you should be training horses in yes, the hills or, of Mexico as or, opposed to fighting uh, on a boat creatures in, in Boston in 1970. Yeah. <laughs> should be looking off into the distance in a boat in off of the coast of Maine. Oh, yeah. I should have been like Virginia Woolf. And... Yeah. <laughs> you should be in the lighthouse by Virginia Woolf. You shouldn't be, you know, in this 1970s creature feature. Yeah. That's I don't know. We'll see yeah. how it goes. Well, I think, I mean, that looking back, like, I mean, that's, uh, that's, Probably a good thing for us to chat about, like the things that we learned from our first two. And now we're, what are we doing differently to approach like our second stories? Like I told you, I started working on my, I've been poking at it over the last, you know, six months, eight months or whatever. Uh, but I opened it back up yesterday and started reading through all of my kind of first passes at like character profiles and just um, the story from their point of view. And uh, I had kind of a light bulb moment day thinking about my antagonist because i was like i need to put more effort into them i need them mm. to have a little more life i want to put as much effort we talked about this put in as much effort as you put into your protagonists into, into your antagonist you know and and i just it's just just thinking about the same things i think about through as the protagonist like what are they going through like what is their motivation why are they doing this thing and um is what they're doing bad and why is it why do they think it's the right thing to do uh, and kind of going through those questions is like, oh, okay, this opened things up. And now I've got this rough outline of a plot already. I know how it's going to end. I feel great about that. I feel, you know, middle's going to be a little interesting. But then I was like, all right, well, then how does this character tie? How's my antagonist tie to this this plot that, you know, he is basically driving because he is the villain in a way. He's causing these things to happen, which is then, in, you know, kind of forcing the the protagonist's hand to to take some action. Uh, and then go through their story and their arc. And it's been such a better process. And I feel so much better about starting this versus the, yeah. the first book where I was like, I've got this this plot and it's okay, uh, but I have no story. And then trying to retrofit that is, ugh, what a, I don't want to go, I don't want to do that again, Tim. I don't want to do that. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like my current piece is like the scale's large and there's a ton of characters. Yeah. And it's so enticing for the next piece. Like I really want to write, it's a smaller scale, yeah. A, a, a more simplified story that reflects back on the characters. And yeah. I want it to be, and maybe that's just coming at the end of this other process that I just want to simplify things. But I also feel like the story yeah. itself is more intimate. Yeah. Like there's a lot of bombast and ridiculous in my current story. This one, I want it to be like 
the new one, I want it to be a little more personal and and a, a little more, I don't know, refined. And yeah. I think it's okay that the last one is kind of big and sprawling because the story itself and the scale is big and sprawling. Yeah. But geez, it's like, <laughs> it's a bunch of work editing something on that scale. I jumped into, I don't know how many characters. I have tons of characters. I've got tons of locations. You know, I've got like gestation periods and logic and, you know, it's just, it's a big scale. It's it's like very it's a lot there's a lot of world building going on in my in my current piece, which I think something a little more smaller yeah, I said it before, something that's like a little more refined and smaller scale is just so enticing right now. And then going in with like literally just doing a little, you know, plot pyramid of those moments. Yeah. And then as opposed to writing around cool looking vignettes, yeah. writing to those plot moments. Yep. Because my vignettes are not always plot moments sometimes they're just cool things happening yeah that aren't necessarily reflective on the characters right it's just like oh what a crazy scene that would be but yeah. it's divorced from the plot moments that are driving the story and the character change forward yeah. so to do that is very enticing right now <laughs> and i know me i'm gonna blow it up it's gonna be crazy yeah anyway, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just realizing why did we both did this we did kind of the same thing where we we picked off like these pretty big and like kind of aggressive like plots like you've got a pretty big one we wrote what we wanted to see yeah i think I, we both came from this kind of filmic <laughs> desire like yeah. this budget free thing and like i mean my book couldn't be adapted into a movie it's too bad like <laughs> like uh, lord of the rings could you're, you're good <laughs> well not for the budget that they would give this which would be like you know one to five mil here's a chicken um, parm <laughs> yeah yeah i don't because i wanted to see something on this scale because i'd yeah. never seen it so i was like okay well that's something i'd love to see yeah because i did the same thing i mean mine is pretty big i mean there's globe trotting and multiple characters there's you know espionage there's a lot of ins and outs and logic and you know for just keeping track of where people are and what they're doing and stuff like that i mean maybe to the reader you know you'd be like oh this isn't a big deal but uh piecing it together it felt like a it felt like a, a heavyweight <laughs> um yeah i wonder but, if it comes from like maybe that's once again like first timer insecurities coming out like this is yeah. what a book is it's big and it's sprawling and multi-characters and maybe i can't say that's really where i came with it now, I don't know if that's so true because I really like my impetus. I mean, I've had a million of them, but one of them to make the scale that I have put this at is yeah. because creature features, at least contemporary like zombie picks for me, yeah. they always allude to the scale that I get to, but they never get there. And I always feel like mm. on film, it's because of budgetary limitations yeah. or on TV, it's budgetary limitations. Or maybe, who knows, maybe it's, a. I mean, I'm certainly mashing genres in a way. I was just going to um, say, I mean, there's also, we've, I mean, we've talked about genre expectations, you know, you think about the book you're writing, uh, all of a sudden, well, there's an expectation for the reader to, to, to maybe have some big things happen. Like mine, it's a thriller. Of course, I have to have some people globe trotting around and doing these things and just got to be a bit of chase scene. Like there are some of those expectations, but then making sure mm -hmm. that those moments and events that a reader is expecting as those plot moments tie back to the story. Uh, I think it's, it's pretty important, but maybe, I mean, that could be the other thing too. It's just, there's, there's expectation once you get into, uh, into writing what, what you want to see, but also thinking about your end reader of like, well, what are they, what are they going to, hopefully they're going to want to read or see what I, you know, what I'm into, you know, you know, interested in and what I'm doing. So. And I, th I think it's doubly true. Like with, since we're writing genre fiction, 
I'll talk about it a little bit more when we later chat about what we're writing and reading or reading and watching. But I'm reading um, All the Pretty Horses by Cormac McCarthy. Yeah. Um, and I've read some of his work before. It's certainly literary fiction. Mm-hmm. And you, but you can see what he's, he's delivering on his genre expectations of romanticizing landscapes and, you know, yeah. describing horses and what like boyhood and what it means to be a, a man and also have insecurities like he's he's writing to that but his story is very simple yeah it's like it's almost like stand by me it's like some boys go on a horse ride to mexico yeah and things are happening along the way there's and your they, plot and there's then... your plot you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> but there's no bombast you know it's like he's delivering on hit like expectations of his readers because th- they want what he's selling which is you know language and you know descriptions of landscapes and like dry and humor and i'd say those characters too i mean they're they're pretty they're pretty interesting characters he comes up with you know and oh they're amazing and he gets away like it's just masterful storytelling because it's very lean Yes. The dialogue is very lean, yeah. and yet there's so much subtext and nuance. There's so much for the reader to fill in that yeah. isn't spoon-fed to them. Yep. It's super inspiring. And I've read Cormac McCarthy before, but nothing that's been this like romantic. Mm-hmm. You know, I've read like Blood Meridian and you know, No Country for Old Men and The Road and like those like are kind of violence-driven narratives. Yep. And it, you certainly get, you know, what you're paying for out of those books. I was expecting something like that here and you know i'm only 150 in but so far it's just just a boy and his horse. on horses <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, i can wait till you find the dead body right <laughs> oh no is there a dead body Spoiler i don't know I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't read that one i haven't read that one yet so far so. there's just a lot of horses <laughs> maybe it'd be a dead horse i don't know yeah uh, of course i'm making the the i think i'm making the, the same mistake with the second book and I was like, oh yeah, let me keep this simple. You know, it's going to be like a kind of a smaller. Is this a time? Is this a time travel one? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It started out as like, oh, it's going to be like a you know crime. It's confusing. <laughs> like a procedural crime mystery thriller, right? But then I was like, yeah, let me throw some time travel in there. Immediately making it unbelievably hard to track and follow. So complicated. Into. Yeah. Oh my I, god. But it's something that I once I thought it through and I have it all mapped out. And I was like. This is the movie. This is the book I want to read. This is the the, the movie I want to see. How do you decide what kind of time travel you're going to use? Are you using like T2 time travel, Back to the Future, or Looper, where it just doesn't matter? I think I'm leaning more towards Looper. Okay. The time travel is, it's a mechanism. It's more of a mechanism for, I'm not, I'm going to get into the, the, the science of it, but I'm not going to be solely focused on that. It's going to be. Dude, your plot's going to be so confusing. No. I can't believe you think that this is going to be a simple. It's going to be, don't worry about it. It's going to be. It's going to fold back in on itself. No way. That's what time does, you know? (laughs) going to need to do like a three-dimensional Aristotle plot triangle. Look, I'm not the first person to tell a time travel story. It's been done successfully and pretty easily. So I could go down a rabbit hole of time travel explanations. But I think, uh, no, I've I've got it pretty well mapped out in my head. I'm going to present the plot at least. One thing I think those time travel like books and movies have in common is that typically the story or the, the plotting is minus the time bit. Is pretty straightforward. Yes. It's pretty like lean. Yeah. Because it needs to be. Yes. Because if you've got too many threads folding in on themselves, it's yeah. a kerfuffle. Yes. Which this is, uh, I think originally I was running into that and I was like, I was like, 
looking at my whiteboard. I'm like, I'm in a kerfuffle right now. Uh, <laughs> why is my Charlie nose bleeding? Yeah, man, yeah. Oh, man, I can't wait to talk to you when you start getting into logic issues. and. Oh, yeah, it's oh, going to be great. Yeah, it's just going to drive you and I'm sure all my beta readers nuts, but it'll be great. The solution is just always more time travel. Uh, yeah, of course, yeah. Well, maybe. You've got characters that can be at two places at once. You're fine. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be fun. It's more of a test to see how many plot holes you can uncover. So. That's exciting. Yeah. I think but, that's uh, where I'm getting in general is like, I'm excited to hear about your new stories. I'm excited to start writing some new stuff. Yeah, likewise. Um, obviously, I want to put a pin in what I'm working on, but getting excited about the next bit. Yeah. And uh, and then, you know, bringing the podcast along on that ride about, you know, the next creation process. Because <laughs> did, did we, we take we our own? This... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Are we taking our own advice? <laughs> are we, are we, we heating our own? and listen to this? <laughs> Go ahead, go back and listen to our own episodes. Like, I right. haven't sometimes. I, there, there was the editing one, right, where I ended like, you know what? I'm not going to do the small bits of editing. I'm going to do the large pieces. Yeah. Didn't. Didn't. Went right through and <laughs> yeah. did all those little nice little dopamine hits of comma fixes and misspellings. I did the same thing in the proofread. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, accept, so accept, accept. I was like, I still have things I have to fix. Yeah, I don't know. So what are you, are you reading, watching anything? Like I said, I'm reading, uh, it's, I'm, I'm reading such an interesting combo of books right now. So I'm about halfway through All the Pretty Horses, which I said is just amazing, like yeah. awesome. And I'm also about halfway through Interview with a Vampire by Anne Rice. Yeah, yeah. And I can say one thing is that both authors are writing about what they love in the moment. Mm-hmm. I don't love what Anne Rice loves. Well, here's the other thing. I don't love what Cormac McCarthy loves, but the way he writes makes me care about it. Yeah. Interview with a Vampire is difficult for me. Yeah. Um, I think it ticks a lot of boxes. Like I'm very much into like Victorian literature and Victorian horror. Like yeah. I, I love that era. And even though her book came out in the late 70s, it feels, you know, a lot like it's following those genre expectations of like Frankenstein and Dracula, where it's, you know, storytelling via a mechanism. And this, it's like a recording, you know, somebody's interviewing a vampire, whereas like in Dracula, it's a bunch of letters that Jonathan Harker is sending. I think in Frankenstein, it's a diary. Yep. So that's okay. And I can kind of forgive how much telling there is and not showing because it is somebody's being interviewed. Yeah. That's what I'm reading right now. I'm about halfway done with with both of them. How about you? What are you reading? What are you watching? Uh, I just started The Black Dahlia, James Oh, Elroy. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, someone had passed that along to me. He's like, you should check that out. Um, I'm only like a couple chapters in. So I'm so interested. Far, How come that, that, that struck your eye? That's kind of based on true story, right? But is it a crime procedural? Uh, kind of ish, yeah. I mean, it's also I think what uh, L.A. Noir was kind of inspired by, or one of the many yeah. books and stuff like L.A. Noir was inspired by. So that's kind of what got me uh, into it. But no, just uh, a friend of ours uh, had had uh, mentioned like, oh, you should check it out. It's you know, it's a good book, and they mentioned L.A. Noir. So I was like, oh, I knew that. So it's like, yeah, sure, I'll grab it and uh, read it. So that was the only impetus. There was no other reason. Uh, I like like that time period and like the the noir detective stuff. So um, I thought that'd be kind of fun. Uh, but yeah, the, the opening couple chapters, it's just really setting stage. I'm only like two or three chapters in, so don't have much to say about it yet. But And then uh, watching-wise, uh, finished The Last of Us, which I thought was, uh, I'm very satisfied as as a fan of the game, uh, what the show did. I'm pretty happy there. Yeah, I was slightly disappointed. Before we get into spoilers, <laughs> were you disappointed in the game too? <laughs> no, well, I was disappointed and it's no fault of the, of like Neil Druckmann or like, Craig, was it Manzan? Yeah. 
Amazing. I, I think they did a fine job adapting the material, probably as good as you could possibly do. Man. Um, my my argument is that there's still some things that games can make me feel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That shows and movies cannot, and I think there's a big difference between inhabiting the character mm-hmm. and choosing to do certain actions than watching that character perform them. It's, it's um much easier to identify with a character when you're controlling their movement. Yep. And in, in, in a way, almost being forced to to do certain things. Yeah, yeah. Um. So it felt more, the game feels faded and tragic in a way, mm-hmm. whereas the or the, uh, the TV show didn't to me. In fact, it felt removed. And mm. even some of the um, decisions they made to like remove sound in that mm-hmm. finale and kind of lean heavier on orchestration. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're trying to like get to the emotion, you know, they maybe, but I think it, for me, it would have been more effective had we, you know, heard the sounds. Interesting. I actually liked the, that they did that because I don't think they wanted, it was, it is a weird, I mean, just gonna be a little horrifying. bit, l- 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 yeah, a little bit. I think they're, maybe they were trying to not, they were trying to downplay that, but it's kind of hard yeah. because that is the whole point of that whole sequence, which kind of getting into a little bit of spoilers if you haven't watched it, <laughs> um, that and moment. also, they can't make that character so amazingly unlikable. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess it's kind of tough. <laughs> yeah, it's I, tough. I still think I agree. Like, I, I think with what the, I like what they did with it. I, I'm happy with it. Yes, there is a different feeling that you when you're playing the game and you're getting to the end of 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 the game and that scene and sequence in, in particular when you're coming to the hospital, blah blah blah. Um, it's definitely takes a toll on you because it's a long sequence and you are just, it is just brutal. Um, and I think that's, there was the point to that. Like you said, like kind of yeah. runs you, runs you through the ringer. So when you get to the end, there's a little more of an emotional pull, but then you get to the end, you're like, what decision have I made? Uh, you know, and I've been kind of forced yeah. to go through, like I didn't really have a choice. Um, so I think, yeah, there's a little bit more of a pull on you as the, as the player, which games obviously can definitely do that shows, you know, can't do. But I think what this is have. why, like, I would never. This is why I wouldn't succeed in the job that they have there, because my decision, as opposed yeah. to remove, and to not glorify, as I, I would have gone for like a first-person POV with like uh, with like moments of reflection in the mirror. No. I know, I know. That's why nobody would have liked it. But uh, I mean, I, <laughs> no, no. Then it would have been like then it would have then it really truly would have felt like a video game. <laughs> It would have felt like, very video gamey, yeah. Which I don't think that's that's translating. It wouldn't have worked, right? It wouldn't have worked. I don't think it would have. I'm, that's me though. I I think like I just think that going that route, it never. I don't. I can't think of an instance in any show or movie. I'm sure there is, but that I can think of the top of my head where like where they did that gaming point of view thing and it worked. And I was like, oh yeah, this works. Well, it predates games, right? I mean, they do it in Psycho. They do it in Halloween. They they put you in the that's shoes yep. of an unlikable protagonist. Mm-hmm. And it's unnerving and uncomfortable, and you sure. don't want to be behind that mask, and you don't want to be rooting for that car to sink in the lake. Yeah, but you are because you're placed there. Yeah, but you're right. Um, I mean, that would have been my impetus, and it would have failed because they would have been like, "It's just a video game." But then that's yeah. why I think they did the best they could have possibly done with the material, and why I also think that games are their own unique form of art. Yeah, still, and cannot yeah. be replaced by by other forms of media. As a gamer, I agree with you. So I can't. I'm not gonna. Yeah. Joe and I are watching that's pretty great, actually, and it's based on a book. It's called Station Eleven. Did you watch that? Oh yeah. 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 I, I Emily, like it so far. Is it Emily Saint I mean, probably... Emily St. Mandel's uh book based on her yep. book? Uh the yeah. show is have you read I, I, did, I didn't did you read it? 
I didn't read the book. I uh, watched the show and I love the show. So yeah, we're, we're about three episodes in. Um, I think I'm going to pick up the book. I think I'm going to read some of her other stuff. I mean, it's just um, yeah, it's an impressive show so far. And I think she's supposed to be a very impressive author. Yeah, the uh, from what I gathered, uh, I mean, that show came out maybe around like well, it's twenty twenty one. Yeah, so like the the kind of still pretty heavily pandemic time, and I remember she, she was being interviewed, and and she's like, yeah, it's great that people are taking interest in the book, but uh, I even from her as an author, she was like, if you think the show is dark, don't read the book right now. <laughs> <laughs> so and the show is pretty grim, uh, so I guess yeah. the book gets a little little bit grimmer. So yeah, she's definitely on my radar now. I can't wait to read. Um, I'll probably pick up some of her books next. All right, well, is that is that it? I think we covered story and plot and story plot. I think we got it all. Yeah, it's all in the cemetery. That's all you need to know. That's our episode. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed it, pass along to someone you think might like it. If you have a topic idea or feedback, Twitter, writer underscore syndrome, question mark. We're there. Uh, or you can head over to our fancy new writersyndrome.com website, get all the episodes and other contact info. You can join us next episode. Uh, whatever, we're getting into setting and description. I'm excited for that one because I'm not very good at it. You're very good at it. So maybe, I don't know. I think, Thanks. I mean, I, yeah, I, mean, I think your world building and, and descriptions you did in your scenes are it's fantastic. I think he kind of gets you right in, right into where you are, especially like the, the club scene in your current, when you went to the, the to the punk show. Oh. Yeah. Oh, nice. That was really good. Thanks, man. Yeah. Sight, sounds, and You know smells. why? It's because I've been to a lot of bars. <laughs> <laughs> they all smell like piss and beer. <laughs> I'll uh, join us for the next episode uh, whenever that's coming out, which will be soon. So until then, just keep writing. <laughs>